Good morning, everyone. How are you this beautiful day that the Lord has made? I'm Karen Jane Casey on the podcast, Turn to God with Karen. And every Monday, we have Hope and Faith Journey. This is where we find encouragement through our struggles, through our challenges that happen to us right and left in life. And we have hope for healing, knowing that we can always turn to God for any help about anything. All right, so during the month of May, every Monday we've gone to the Word of God and found biblical women um, with their stories. Today's might be a little bit different. We're talking about a family conflict among women in the Bible. So today's episode title is Strife, referring to the family conflict between Rachel and Leah. Sisters. So... We've looked at admirable women, mostly mothers, but here's a story today about these sisters who are mothers and they were in constant conflict or strife. It's a cautionary tale of such a legacy. We can learn from it to overcome our own challenges in that same area, maybe within our own family. Might be among neighbors, maybe among church members. Jealousy and constant conflict strife. Before we get into the drama that happened with Rachel and Leah, both being married to Jacob, (laughs) there's a problem right there, I'd like to bring us all to the date, up to date on the characters involved, beginning with Jacob's family. Most of the story can be found in Genesis. There's Abraham and Sarah. They were chosen by God to have the son Isaac in their old age. God blessed Abraham with the land as far as he could see and with his seed to be multiplied. Then Isaac had two sons, Jacob and Esau. Esau was the oldest, entitled to a great inheritance and to his father's blessing. But while hungry one day, Esau foolishly sold his birthright to Jacob for soup. And then Jacob's mother and Jacob tricked the old and dying Isaac into believing that Jacob was Esau, so Jacob received Abraham's blessing that should have gone to Esau. Esau was left without the inheritance and without his father's blessing. There was strife between those two brothers. Well, plain and simple, Jacob was a liar and a cheat. Remember the spiritual law of sowing and reaping? If we sow good, we can hope for blessings, a harvest, answered prayer. But if we sow evil, we can expect to face consequences. While Jacob was running from Esau, afraid that Esau would take his life in revenge, Jacob came along the home and family of Leban. And right away, Jacob fell in love with Rachel, Leban's beautiful daughter. Leban made Jacob work for seven years in order to marry Rachel, which he gladly did because he was so in love. And the time came, the time passed quickly with anticipation of getting to marry her. But guess what? Leban was also a liar and a cheat. Hmm, go figure. Leban also had another daughter older than Rachel, Leah. Leah was very plain. So the pre-marriage celebration went on. Leban made sure that Jacob was drunk. And when it came time to marry, Leban had switched the daughters and Leah was the one under the veil and Jacob was tricked into marrying her instead of Rachel. 
Jacob didn't know of the switch until the next morning when he sobered up. Now he had the wife he didn't love and would have to work seven more years in order to get Rachel. So I think he, he paid for being a liar and a cheat, didn't he? <laughs> How do you think this made the two sisters feel, though? Leah knew. She knew that she wasn't loved. And Rachel had to wait seven more years for her beloved while her husband was with her sister. Mm. Finally, Rachel and Jacob did get married, but their home was not a happy one. She and Leah were in stark co contrast, comparison. Rachel was beautiful and loved, but had no children. Leah was plain and unloved by Jacob, and she had many children. Leah quickly had four sons, Reuben, Simon, Levi, and Judah. You may remember those names, the tribe of Judah. Then they each had their handmaidens to have babies by Jacob. The Lord had mercy on Rachel, and she bore a son, Joseph. I think you probably know the story of Joseph. As a quick side note, Joseph was Jacob's favorite son, whom Leah's sons were jealous of. Hmm. Not only was he the favorite, demonstrated by the coat of many colors, but Joseph shared his dream of greatness. Well, that's another long story. But they sold Joseph into slavery, and he eventually did become the master of the grains of the, all the grains in the land. So he went from the pit to the palace, and because of God's plan, he was able to save his brothers, his family, and a lot of Egypt from famine. Anyway, getting back to Rachel. Rachel didn't have much time to enjoy her son before they had to move. Anger and hostility was building among the men. Leban and his sons had become irritated with Jacob doing so well, and Jacob had become wealthy over the years. And because of the hatred brewing, Jacob had to take his family back to where he had, his home had been. It's mentioned in Genesis chapter 31 that as they left to go back to the land of Canaan, Rachel stole her father's terrapin and lied about having them. So what is terrapin? I didn't know. These were the household false gods of the family. They were idols that she stole. And she had lied about stealing them. They didn't even know that she had them with her. Would there be a consequence to fall on her for this? There are remarks made by Rachel and Leah in scriptures, Genesis chapter 31, 14 through 15, for us to know that they hated their father, Leban. So much anger, so much anger in that one family. Why did they hate him? He began the conflict, the anger, the bitterness, the unforgiveness among these sisters and the family. After all, he was the liar and cheat. He cheated Rachel and Leah through his trickery, not just Jacob. Eventually, Leah had more children by Jacob, and she gave birth to two more sons and two daughters. Wow. Rachel died while giving birth to her second son, Benjamin. So Rachel only had two children. It was two sons, Joseph and Benjamin. She had named him Benoni, son of my trouble. But after her death, Jacob renamed his son, Benjamin, meaning son of my right hand. What happened to that family? There was a legacy of strife. And this is a cautionary tale. We need to look at it. 
From the time Jacob tricked Esau out of his birthright and blessing, trouble followed Jacob. Time and time again, he had strife in his family. From the time Lebanon lied and tricked Jacob into marrying both of his daughters, he experienced strife and hatred from his daughters. Rachel stole false gods and lied about it, and she died during childbirth. What can lessons are there? Certainly, that would include whatever we sow, that we will also reap. If we sow good seed, we can hope to reap a harvest. But if we sow evil, then we can expect consequences, and they might be really harsh. Deception, lies, cheating, and stealing, all of these evil deeds bring about more of the same with strife, conflict, anger, and hurt. Hatred and unforgiveness brings destruction all around. No good thing comes from comparing ourselves with others. But it doesn't need to stay that way. We each have the opportunity to forgive others, to choose not to run with our offenses. We each have free will to decide. There is good at the end of the story. God will still be able to use these people. He was able to use these people. Rachel's son, Joseph, a faithful man of God, became the great controller of the grains in the land during famine, making it possible for the people to survive. The twelve sons of Jacob led the twelve tribes that became the nation of Israel. Jesus Christ, the Messiah, came through that lineage, the tribe of Judah. So what the enemy meant for harm, God made it for good, for our good. And we can always count on that. Maybe you needed to hear or watch this story unfold to be encouraged for you while you're facing your family conflicts. You can, you can keep it from being a legacy of conflict and strife. Again, we know that the enemy means to harm us through challenges in life, but God has a good plan for our lives. I have a chapter in my book, A New Song Rises Up, that addresses the strife that happens within our lives due to toxic environments. From my own problems, I realize that when a toxic person habitually mistreats you in various ways, that is abuse. It may look different than child abuse or domestic violence, and because of who that person may be, your boss, your neighbor, your sister-in-law, or church member, for example, you might think that you have to remain in it. I encourage you to talk to the Lord about it. Cast your cares on the Lord and walk away from that habitually toxic environment. You've probably heard of my recipe for overcoming challenges, with that first ingredient being turned to God. The second ingredient is to safely leave that dangerous or and habitually toxic environment. My recipe for overcoming challenges is given in detail in both A New Song Rises Up and in my first novel, My Dear Rosa Jean. With God, all things are possible. I believe that God is with us when we sincerely focus on Him and seek His voice. We can give Him our problems and depend on Him and have His perfect will be done in His timing. Do you believe it? God loves us and He wants the best for us. And he really can do anything. Do you believe that? We can have faith that he will handle our problems. Have you turned to God with your sinful life, your problems, repenting and asking for rescue? 
Do you believe that Jesus is the only Son of God, that he died on the cross to pay for your sins? Do you believe that he arose, he defeated death, and have you accepted him as your Lord and Savior? Then with patient, when you have, with patient faith, you can rely on him and be loyal and true and stand through the storms, knowing that he is right there with you. Well, we can study passages like Ephesians 6 and learn how to put on the full armor of God. Be prepared for that spiritual warfare that is in the world every day. We can be enabled to fight off the demons of this world. Without Jesus, we can do nothing. But with him, we can. He will strengthen us. We know that trials come, but we're not alone. And Jesus has already overcome. Well, I hope this episode about strife that continues within a fam- family, conflicts, and all of that. It's a, this is a cautionary tale. And it gives you some comfort in knowing that such conflicts happened even in families in biblical times. And there is a remedy. This too we can overcome when we turn to the Lord for help. Well, thank you for joining me in this episode of Turn to God with Karen. This is Karen Jane Casey, author, speaker, podcaster, domestic violence, victim advocate, and ambassador for Christ. Stay tuned for Turn to God with Karen every Monday morning at 6 Eastern Standard Time. Wednesday's episode is Sword of the Spirit. Friday we have Karen's Book Corner. I invite you to share your comments, your suggestions. They're always welcome. You can go to my website, KarenJaneCasey.com, and find me on the contact page. When you go to my website, you'll also see resource material regarding domestic violence, and you'll also see books, blogs, and podcasts. Um, and I, I must say that if you read and my books have impacted you in any way and cr- given you encouragement, then I want to know about it. And also, I'd appreciate a review on Amazon. Well, you have a blessed day. Thank you.